0: Welcome to the Sermon Diaries, episode four. Today we're here with Colby Brune. Uh, would have been Colby and Camille, but mm-hmm. unfortunately she couldn't be with us today. She got a little, little bug, but that's all right. Um, how's she doing?
1: She's doing all right. She's she's feeling a little <laughs> bit better, um, but she's at home just resting. Her my in-laws are taking care of our daughter, so good. All is well.
0: Good man. Good to um good to have you on the podcast today. Sorry. Um, yeah, and no, they're definitely excited to have you here and. Just hear your story and how everything's happened. Um, could you lead us in prayer?
1: Yeah, of course. Of Definitely. course. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, we ask you today um, to please allow for Ben in this great ministry that he's leading to uh, pour out onto this great podcast in um, any type of words of wisdom. Maybe we can inspire somebody, but also just always glorify you in everything we say and we do. And um, we thank you for everything you've given us in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Alrighty. Um, so let's just uh, get started from the beginning. Um, yeah. So just, just uh, I wanted to ask you, like, when, um, for a little bit of context, when did you kind of first get into your faith? Were you, were you born in Catholic or? Yeah,
1: so I, I was born and raised Catholic. I'm a Catholic family. Um, I mean, I I still can remember, always went to Catholic schools, Catholic church. Um, really, when we were younger, Mass on Sundays was just, I guess, the staple. But we weren't, as a family, as a unit, we were kind of just, we just followed, um, I guess the basic aspects of the religion. But when we got really deep, deep into our faith. I would say, um, when I was at Rommel, my, my parents were getting more in the faith of knowing um, more of sacred heart of Jesus and Mary traditions, and um, saying the religious regularly as a family, some of that nature. So that is when it started really clicking It's more than just, hey, it's a Mass on Sunday, knowing more about the catechism, knowing more about the faith. Um, I would say around high school, is when it was introduced to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout college and other experiences. When did, you,
0: did you have any um, <clears throat> just any experiences in college that kind of like sort of took you into Yeah, that?
1: yeah. No, um, Camila and I both talk about that. But, I mean, for me, there was a bunch of experiences. But I would say like, through the college years, um, when I was playing football, um, you yeah, know, I'd pray a lot more and I wasn't as I guess close to my faith just because it was it was constantly revolved around sports. Um and what I mean not as close. I was still going to mass every Sunday, but I wasn't nearly as devout as I am now, I feel. And I think it was once I left LSU and I shrank through to Stanford University. Um, the timing that it got me really deep in my faith is when they cancelled our season for my fifth year at Stanford. Yeah. So went from on top of the world playing on a national championship team, uh, going to go play at this school and getting my head all big, thinking I am you know, could maybe go play in the NFL from all these coaches they're telling me, um, to them one day just getting told it's done because COVID to cut it all off. So I was a, um, a, I guess a gut puncher right there. But um, I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. I was, thought I was going to figure that out in a few months and it kind of upsended one day. So I ended up just going to adoration every single day is what one of my family members told me to do, um, and I think that's really my turning point because it was the lowest I've ever been. Didn't know who I was, didn't know what I was going to do, um, and I went to adoration every day, and uh, it really just got answered everything and started turning my life around. So that, I would say that was just the lowest, but it turned into the most beautiful thing for me.
0: Gotcha. No, really beautiful. What would you say? Like, yeah, so you kind of. feels like things are falling apart, Mm -hmm. right? But, like, in reality, it was kind of like a really good building season. Oh, yeah. No, it
1: really was, just because uh, I'd say, like, obviously, you know, the most important thing in life, obviously, is our faith, our Catholic aspect, getting to heaven, and you can get really caught up in worldly stuff. Um, I think that was a really reality check for me with God, just because that's, I mean, I had a Beautiful girl from the time who was Camille, who now is my wife. Um, a great family and support system, but definitely was going down the path of only thinking about sports, only thinking about myself uh, in that sense. Um, and not focusing more so on my faith and what's going to be eternity. So that was really eye-opening. Um, and it led to a lot of very beautiful eye-opening things. When I got married to Camille. We have a house here and in and now. I have a daughter, me and her together. Um, I just started my business, so I mean you think it's the end of one thing, but it's really uh, God's plan to lead you to something better, so.
0: What what was it like for you to, right, like you have, we're, we're always told, right, like to do God's will mm-hmm. is way better than anything we can ever imagine, so like obviously your will at the time was like, right, playing college football, mm-hmm. like, going pro possibly and to kind of just have that kind of like stripped away and realize like wow what he had prepared for me was like so much better. Yeah
1: no that is true I mean it's still the human nature in me I mean I still obviously like sometimes I have a lower brother who plays football or when football season comes around I'm like man like I I really wish I could still right. be playing right now, or if I'm going to hang out, train kids. But um, no, I mean I could never have imagined my life turning out the way it did, and that's a, a thing I always pray is that you know, um, Lord, really, I always say take my face, my heart, my mind, my body, and my soul, and put Your face on my face, Your heart, my, Your heart, and Your soul. And my soul is Yours. But really, making sure that I understand that. In those prayers and in asking Him to show me what He wants me to do in life, because it really is going to be the best thing for me. I mean, really, that aspect is a thing you have to do every day. Uh, I'm still doing it every day because starting a business, I have no clue, you know, where it's going to go. But um, man, it's just so far, it's been such a blessing and such a beautiful. feeling because it really is the best feeling doing Mm -hmm. His will and His work.
0: Gotcha. And so how was it it like growing with Camille through all Mm -hmm. of this right struggle but um, also like the benefit of having her there? Yeah
1: I mean obviously the Catholic Church in our faith you know we don't just you don't get married to somebody and um, you know if it doesn't work out you just Divorce really is shouldn't or isn't an option. It looks like it's in an extreme circumstance. Yes. if the faith annuls it. But when you have a partner, it's a life partner, um, and someone that God calls you to be with, and it's not just you and that individual. It's you, that individual, and God. Um, and we, I like every marriage, have had ups and downs and fights, but the biggest thing is praying together um, has really kept us just very in love and has um, and helped us through everything together. But it's been amazing because... There are still times when I come home and, you know, as a man, you feel like everything's on your shoulders as a husband or as a father and um, your wife is always there to help you, but also in certain situations where things might not feel like they're going your way or um, or times when things are going greatly your way and your middle wife's there to say like, hey, like, level your head, you know? Don't, don't get a big head. So, um, Camille has been awesome for me. And obviously, I'm sure every husband could say that in a Catholic marriage with their wife. But she's been definitely amazing.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, very inspiring. Just like the way that she is... As, as Christ's His bride was the church. so. You, you serve your bride, and your bride also is serving you. Yeah, right? no, and she's
1: also, I mean, um talking about grounding, too, in the sense of, like, making sure, you know, like, it's like a, the biggest thing we learned during marriage prep was um, when you're married you're on earth, obviously, when you get to heaven, it's not just Camille and I are a couple anymore. When you're in heaven, everyone is just there together to glorify God. There's no more title of me and you, you and me. Um, everyone loves each other exactly the same but we learned that obviously our sole purpose is to get each other to heaven so it's been really unique at times here if we're struggling as a family um, or if me and myself you know it's never um, go see it I'm not saying this is bad but like you should see a counselor or whatever but it's always hey go to adoration or hey let's make sure we're going to confession today we're really going to get back on our a-game of stay the rosary every morning, daily, stuff like that. So um, it's a unit to where we both pull each other together to make sure we're both getting ourselves and our daughter now to heaven. Um, that's the ultimate goal.
0: Yeah. Wow. Very, um, very, very good. Just like hearing you talk about it. Um, so now you're a father, right? I mm-hmm. uh, just had a baby girl. Um, <clears throat> what was it like Yeah, just going about that, trying to prepare, right? Like, feels like it's very difficult to be ready for um, oh, yeah. just like fatherhood and <laughs> you know, um, so yeah just the I preparation. mean so,
1: yeah I mean no one they always say that like no one's ever you're never like ready you know, there's nothing to, do to prepare for it it's I guess it's a human instinct that God is instilled mm-hmm. in us but I think um, people around you if they're father figures to you or your own father figure or something like that they prepare you because of experiences, you have it with them, and you take it to yourself, um, but then obviously God himself, he's the ultimate father to all of us, so, you know, being kind, loving, compassion, forgiving, all of those things will come, I guess, to you, obviously my daughter doesn't call up or anything, where you need to do all that yet, but, um, you know, the aspect of nurturing, loving, and compassion is definitely big in the beginning, because you're constantly having to get up at Two, three, four in the morning every morning, and feed them, and change their diapers, and you have to do certain methods for them. And depending on how you are going to feed them, whether you're doing a natural or a bottle, it's a little uh, different, a little preparation. Um, but then your your life in general, you, you know, your life changes. You're not anymore. I'm not saying you can't be with your friends anymore. You certainly can. But now you have to have a babysitter, or your you know, your world changes drastically. But it's in a great way. So. Um, you know, I would say it's been one of the most beautiful things, though, having her, because you get to see the creation of life that God creates. Um, but then you also get to act, not as God, but you get to act in God's loving in nature by raising a child um, as he raises us.
0: Wow, yeah, really um, really powerful. Um, so... Um what what would you describe it to be like? Um, just kind of having this child and then like having the burden of trying to raise it. Like I hear a lot of people talking about trying to raise your kids in the faith. Yeah. Especially in today's world, it can be real difficult. Um and I know your kid- your child's still very young, your yeah. baby, but um yeah, just like the thoughts about that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean that is um I guess you know that's a very challenging thing um i guess every generation said that throughout history That if you think about it like at one time catholics they don't have a podcast like us um, but they would be talking i guess in certain settings and they were getting persecuted just for being catholic you know they'd be killed so in our generation today um, a lot of us are big you know a lot of technologies accessible and kids can get into certain things there or just different ideas are out there nowadays where people are going away from the church or away from um, certain faiths of the church. So it is a looming thing. And it is something that I guess a lot of parents have to think about and put their minds on. Um, I'd say, though, I have a younger brother who's in that area right now. He's around 13. And he's done a... My parents have done a very good job with um, raising him in the faith. And I think it's in the sense of... You know, he's still a kid. He's still going to learn the technologies and have all that. Um, but he's been very uh, blessed to. He goes to mass all the time and it's not. It's forced upon him, I guess, in the sense of, hey, like we're going to go here. You yeah, have no choice right, because we're right. driving you and you're, yeah. you're young. But it's uh, to the point where he enjoys it and he loves it. And he, you can see him deeper in his face. So I think for her, um, You know, I really am going to do everything I can as a parent to provide a Catholic faith for her. So through Catholic schooling, um, going to prepare everything I can for her by making prayer not a habitual thing, but making it something that we love to do um, and a part of our daily lives. And then just teaching her about the truth of the faith. But in the end, once they hit high school or later in high school and college and become their own adults, you can tend to pray for them, talk to them about it, and try to, but at that point, it's you know, going to
0: be right. as it is on us. It's on us at that point, and exactly. you can like,
1: pray for them, as St. Augustine's mom did for him.
0: Yeah, yeah no, definitely. So, um, what's your relationship with Christ, right, um, in just like the life right now, right? Mm. Like, the daily grind
1: and just yeah do everything. no honestly I, I wish it was better it needs to be better uh, I can listen to this podcast and hold myself accountable to it I mean I I pray daily um, I just came from confession I'm sure, anytime I think I have a mortal sin or a sin in my own mind I'm like there's an app called the parish finder on here I'm sure you've heard of it, yeah, it. And, yeah. man I use that daily um, and I can see exactly where it is so I'll always try to go I don't know if I'm going to pass But I mean, my myself, my current standing. I wish I needed to be better. I needed to do more than just confession weekly. Uh, Go more often. I need to be praying more often. But I think those are individual things. I need to do more for the community. Is my biggest thing. Um, I I don't know what parable it would be. I can compare it to maybe like the one of the talents. Parable where... You know, the servants all get the talents, and one hides them in the ground. I feel like that's how mine. I'm going about life, I guess, right now, because it's constantly, and I'm very busy, but it's, you know, just praying for myself and my family and then doing my work instead of going out and helping others, which is a big part of it and changing lives that way. So I need to do that more. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm just doing, in my own mind, maybe not others, but I feel like I'm doing the bare minimum. I okay. need to do more.
0: Yeah, I think it's very easy to fall into that. Um, I obviously, I think everybody could sort of see that, and I think that, I think that it's easy to see that. But I think it's also, the more we grow close to Christ and see like His perfectness, mm-hmm. we just sort of start to recognize our yeah, our imperfectness. Like, right, very much oh, imperfectness. Um, and so I think like you recognizing that alone like, like tells me that like yeah, maybe maybe right, we're not imperfect, but. Like you no know, Christ is with us, right? Yeah. So like you, um, recognizing that, right, shows me your closeness to Him, which is very like respectable. So how has He kind of like helped you, right? Just like in your person grow to be better and be more Christ-like? In talking about just in in prayer. Mm, yeah, yeah, in prayer and just like reliance on the Father. Man, yeah.
1: yeah, no, and that's that's the the biggest aspect. So like. Just in general, if things are going tough and rough or um, anxiety or whatever it might be you're going through. I mean, for me, um, I guess more of I was in adoration. Just, I always, if it's something I feel like I don't know the humanly answer to or I just really need help, that's where I always allow myself to. Or in prayer in general, but opposite, it's prayer in front of Him directly. Um, but I mean, just doing the Lord's work and when you start seeing yourself, Hitting these um, different um, what was the sacraments, I guess that I'm looking for. If you're doing confession, um, adoration, if you're doing hitting, um, you know, Holy Communion on a regular basis, you can definitely see yourself. Um, I guess growing closer to Christ, and like you said, you can start seeing yourself emulate Him. Um, but then you start seeing the imperfect aspects of your life. So it's definitely. Amazing, I would say, so mm-hmm. I don't know how else to answer it. Yeah, no,
0: definitely. <laughs> um, right, so what um, What are just like some of the ways in which you have kind of like felt yourself struggle, mm-hmm. honestly, um, and then just, yeah, sort of find him, or even like the Blessed Mother, if you've like laid on her ever. Oh, yeah. I know you're talking about the rosary. Yeah. And, just some of the things with that and devotions, maybe. And mm-hmm. So, I, and that's one
1: thing. I mean, I was saying the rosary daily for at least a year and a half, two years. Now I would say it probably every other day or weekly. I want to get back to daily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the, the devotion to Blessed Mother is a, is a very powerful intercession. Um, I would say stuff that I do. Um, you have stuff that I pray or stuff that I do daily. I mean, daily prayer. Um, I, I work with a spiritual my spiritual director is Father Kurt Young. Um, he was the priest at Rumble, now he's at the Notre Dame Seminary. He's a, um, I think he's the head of formation or something there. And um, he's, he's helped me out a lot, helped me to learn different aspects of praying. There is a great aspect in saying the Rosary daily or saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which I say a lot daily. Those are all great things that our Blessed Mother or God Jesus Himself has given to us um, that are great tools there's also ways that you can pray to God there's different Ignatius ways and other methods that you can do um, but simply he was stating to me is that you know making a prayer area making prayer time daily and um, making sure that you can talk to God as your friend he knows everything about you he knows everything you're gonna say or you want to say um, so it doesn't have to be as formality all the time. You can genuinely, he just wants to have a conversation with us and wants to be loved by us. So that's a big aspect for me, um, trying to do that more often. Um, and I forgot who it I, I want to say it's St. Faustina or um, I forgot which saint he told me it was, but just um, she would pray small prayers the the day. Just Jesus, I love you, or um, Jesus, or God, thank you. Stuff like that you would just say throughout the day. Um, and he said that would be a very big thing. And I've been trying to do that, and, it's, and it's, it does wonders as you're, through your busy day, if you're working or um, something like that, and you can just stop and say that it redirects you back to the meaning of life. Um, I forgot the other aspect of your question. I don't know, I think I got
0: a Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely hit on the points. Um what did you have any like friends growing up kind of walking this faith journey with you or was it were you kind of like in that aspect of learning? I mean when I was
1: a kid I, I went to Catholic school I went to St. Howard the Confessor, so everyone there was everyone there's Catholic Predominantly I believe I mean when you're when I was a kid Their parents are bringing in a mass, but it wasn't I mean, right, you know, it was just well I guess the normal aspect high school um there was, I mean, everyone there, again, Too with Archbishop Brummel was Catholic, predominantly, and, um, I you, mean, you, everybody believed in the faith, and you would talk about it, but not to the extent that I do now, or I guess mm. as much as I do now, but, um, really, I mean, our good friends would be uh, my brother, my family, they're all very devout, and I'd say we have some friends we've met here, we've known prior, but we've grown really close with here, who are actually, by coincidence, our neighbors. Um, wow. Yeah, so we've been walking through the faith journey with them and gone deeper and everything. So yeah, we got a, cl- a couple of people, and it's been awesome to have people to talk to about.
0: It. Yeah, did you have any um, like mentors, maybe teachers at high school, um, coaches? I know you played a lot of football. Yeah. Um, I wish. <laughs> really. Football?
1: Yeah, not many. Um, I'd, I mean, in high school, you had some. Obviously, they're all Catholic, really, teachers there, too. College, definitely not. Um, I'd say, though, in um, mentors outside the family. I mean, Father Kurt Young was a very, I mean, he's been, I've been known him since my eighth grade now. And um, I mean, how many years ago is that? 25? It's like when you're 13. So, I don't know, is that 12 years? Yeah, yeah. 12 years. Like um, something for twelve years he's kept in touch touching me we've talked all the time or a good bit and he's always you know looked after me and helped me with my faith aspect so and I asked him way too many questions I'm sure he's getting aggravated <laughs> me at times yeah. but uh, he's the man though for sure so um, he's helped me a lot in my faith
0: journey mm. did did you ever have like any adversity like with school and people mm. knowing that you were practicing your faith or or anything like that? Not, not anything like
1: martyr worthy or anything right, like right, that. Yeah. Um, I mean, at, at LSU, you'd have a lot of guys on the team who'd ask questions, or who might have been Christian and believed their aspect of the faith mm-hmm. was more, I guess, right than yours, <laughs> and would try to question stuff. And um, but I mean, no one, no one's ever really uh, pushed. Yeah, no one's ever really, I guess. I mean, I would say you have some friends or some family members who, you know, maybe don't, aren't as big in their faith or don't agree. You talk on certain topics, but no one to the point to where it's ever been like, I'm not friends with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's Catholic or not, but I did like his quote. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the quarterback was saying it's Derek Carr. I think, I forgot who it was at one point, did something bad. It might have been one that receiver accidentally killed somebody in a car crash but uh he said love the person hate the sin so whether it's something that we don't believe in as catholics um that might be getting pushed around the world today and i might know somebody who is diving in those practices or those sins or whatever i still talk to them and i'll still be kind to them when i see them in public or even friends them and wouldn't mind going places with them but um if they ever asked me if I agree with their stances or their position on things, I would tell them no. I would tell them respectfully, you know, it's I love you as a person. I don't like your sin, as right. he did.
0: Definitely, definitely. And that look, I think, is very important. I hear a lot of people saying, yeah, something like that. Love the sinner, hate the sin, right? Mm-hmm. Because the person can never be bad, right? Yeah. Like, the, the person is created in God's image, which is ultimately always good. But, like, the sin is what kind of mm-hmm. masks the person's goodness. Um, so because I think who am I to judge? Somebody? Right. Exactly. Like I'm just—they're probably way more <laughs> yeah. holy than I am. Yeah. I, exactly. hundred um, percent. But so I think that it's very important. Um, did you have any like? So when you you were going to LSU, you were really encapsulated by sports. I know a lot. Um, did did you? So you were going to mass, but was there ever times where you ever like see moments, um, just like feel the presence of Jesus, or even just like. Or was it kind of like a period of like dryness? Um, it was a period of ups and downs. I mean it was just like I said
1: just going to Mass but I still would pray here and I mean I, I prayed a lot while playing. Mm. I would always say like a glory be before the kickoff or kick off or when I was out there um, but I, I mean it was not nearly as much as I should have been or as Gratifying as I should have given God in the moment, um, but uh, but I mean yeah he's you know my story on a sports aspect was crazy I guess just because in Rome I played quarterback so I played quarterback my whole life growing up um, until my junior year um, and I was at Rumble with Chase Forky who's an unbelievable athlete unbelievable quarterback. He was was better than me. He was a lot taller, came from a good family of quarterback lines. I think his uncle played for the Saints. Um, Yeah, I'm just a local playground kid. Um, So I switched to receiver my junior year. And my tenure at Rumble, we were really talented. We went to three state championships in my four year, won two, lost one. Then the other year, we lost in the semifinals. But we had, I think, in my four years, man. I want to say about six guys go to the NFL, five, and I think in total maybe 20, 30 guys who play like big D1 college football. Um, so my two years playing receiver, we had Steven Dunbar, Damian Jean-Pierre in the NFL, Jit Marr-Chase in the NFL, uh, David Hensley, who should, I think, kind of went to the NFL, just had some uh, great aspects but went to college, Shanti Mealy went to college, and then me. Um, so all of those individuals, I just learned to play receiver. So I, I didn't really start playing until the end of my junior year, and then I started all my senior year. And we didn't throw the ball much at all. So when I got to LSU, I say all this, my path, I guess, aspect, when I got to LSU, it wasn't like I was recruited heavily out of there. I had small, small school. I was like Millsap, stuff of that nature. Um, I got to LSU, I did not play at first. I just went to school, and then I wanted to walk on. And when I walked on, I had asked the coach from Rumble what I needed to do, and as a whole story in itself, I had to go door knock the team, and pretty much just continuously ask until I finally got a chance. But then that whole process, praying was a big aspect of it. Um, but it's funny that I finally made the team, um, and you know, my parents and all of them would have thought of, they're like, tell the story the of their day, like you know, we, we knew you could do it, and we prayed for you, but like we never really thought you'd actually do it. And then once <laughs> I was on the team. Um it was in a matter of, hey, now you're on the team, I was like, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna play. And they were like, okay, like, you know, and they're mom again, they're talking, um, you know, you just started play receivers, no way you're gonna play. And then I let her in and started for two years and played. Mm-hmm. But all that's saying right. is I guess I always just thought through prayer, um and hard work I could really accomplish anything. Right. You know, the Philippians, what is it, four thirteen? Or 316, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it is true, though. I mean, you really can do anything. um, So was I as deep in prayer? No. But did I use the prayer um, and just work hard and understand, I guess, that stuff can happen with God? And it did. So there's a lot more to it. But uh, in that short sample, it was crazy to go from... Never playing receiver, not being thought of as much in high school too. I guess playing
0: with arguably the greatest team in history
1: and right. starting from definitely the greatest team in history.
0: Um, so it was really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. It sounds it sounds really crazy just to be like from your position, never even stepping into the position, and then yeah, sort of in a sense playing for um, yeah, it really was college so team. Um, <clears throat> was it was it like yeah? I'm sure it was kind of like I don't want to say scary because it's not scary, mm-hmm. but like, ner- nervousness, I guess, in a sense, stepping up to the plate for that, or were you kind of, like, ready for it? it? It was, it was nerve-wracking
1: my first year. Um, but man, I don't maybe it was just God working. I don't know, I just kind of feel like I belong there. And I feel like I always thought I was really good, or knew that I was good. Um, I just feel like I didn't have the opportunities when I was in high school, and overshadowed a lot of other individuals. and the way we played there. Um, so I always had to overcome that aspect from people. You know, people always want to talk. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess once I got there, I ended up just um, not allowing that to get into my mind. And I made friends with a lot of really good people on the team. Um, the guy who's now playing with the Saints Falls Memorial became one of my best friends. And he played for Jesuit. Um, another great Catholic individual. And he really helped me understand that while I was there, sometimes I'd have those individuals talking or that mindset of, I'm not supposed to be here, but he'd say, man, that was a heck of a play. Stuff like that. And he's like, you do belong here. Um, and once I started and I started playing, then I really was like, oh, man, I do. I can't play here. I do belong here. And then after my first start and saw that they actually believed me, I was, the rest was history from there. I was like, right. oh, I'm comfortable now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, um. yeah, so it's just really crazy, honestly. Just how it all kind of fell into place, yeah. <clears throat> but so um, I know you went to Stanford. Uh, who kind of got you there?
1: Yeah, so just crazy instance of itself. So Coach Brady, uh, Joe Brady, was from the New Orleans Saints, came to us at LSU. Became our passing coordinator and helped out as OC as well. And so my three years playing LSU, first year man, I did play it down. I just knew like my first year the team I'm gonna get a lot bigger, faster, stronger, learn everything, work hard and then get an opportunity on special teams. Second year I was on special teams and we had a, a receivers coach who just did not think fondly of um, anyone but like three or four players So he wouldn't let you get any reps. I had to do all my reps after practice but still started on special teams but never really did anything a receiver that year. Then comes Joe Brady comes in as passing game and receivers coach and told that individual when he got let go. He didn't want to know who anyone was. He just wanted everyone to get the same fair opportunity. Um, and through God's grace, I ended up doing really, really well in spring and in fall camp, and became a second, uh, the second slot receiver behind Justin Jefferson, and played special teams again. Still, um, so from there, the following year I could have stayed at LSU, but Coach Brady talked to me going into the bowl games. He was like, hey, when when the bowl games are over, he's like for your fifth year. I think you should really go play another school. Um, you'd get a lot more opportunity to play receiver, and who knows from there what will happen for you. And I was like, okay, and thinking about what he said. Well, after he left um, LSU, he went to the Carolina Panthers and became their offensive coordinator. And um, I was like, wow, I was like that. You know, that individual thinks highly of me. I didn't know what to think after that, and then I had an agent from down here calling me, talking mm-hmm. about you know, maybe possibly NFL, and then he called me himself again saying hey you know, you should take my advice and go play somewhere so that's when the wheel started turning i like, mean i should go try and um i really started putting my name in the portal trying to put my film out there and ultimately it was coach brady he called that school for me um got in touch with somebody and said hey i'm gonna send you his tape and all this and they called saying he said hi things me mean offered me a scholarship um and i went and played there and then stuff didn't work out but uh yeah, it was really all on him, I'm, I'm grateful for him. He's a great friend. I really, you know, appreciate yeah, all he did for me. Yeah, definitely.
0: Him. So Sanford, um, so when you you went to you were in classes, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of like, man, we were there. For, I was there for two and a half months, three
1: months. We just finished. We were supposed to play Florida State week one, and at Florida State, and it was like two weeks before the game, two or three weeks, and. The AD, we just finished, we practiced in the mornings there, LSU's practice in the afternoons. So we just finished practice, and the AD came on the field, and Kent told us, he's like, hey, because of COVID, the league canceled the season. Mm-hmm. It's like, dance, it's Heartbreaking. Uh-huh. And they actually still had a team vote um, that we could still play non-conference games, like Florida State and the other three, and maybe pick up some more. It was a weird scenario. Um, but a lot of the kids really didn't know they didn't want to play, the majority, and um, that some of them were still listening to the news or scared of COVID or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, it ended up becoming a no, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I could have stayed for a, a sixth year, I think. They, would have, they offered me the opportunity to stay, but one asking, we were all home for, they got a week break after they canceled our season, and in that week they asked, you know, hey, any seniors, you have to tell us, um, if you're coming back or not. So yeah, obviously they want to know what to do with their scholarships and all and they needed an answer by like that Thursday or on the Monday. Um and then asking them though Hey, are we playing next fall? Um or what are we playing? They're saying, We don't know. So we kept saying, We don't know, we don't know. Um so I kept asking them, you know, when's the latest possibility saying we're hearing fall of like this year, 2023, and it was 2020 at that time. Mm. So it was like, so it would have been a seventh year or an eighth year, <laughs> um, Yeah. and so at that point, it came to the last day, i like, hey, like we really need to know, um, and I was about to propose and all this stuff, and and the scholarships there are not like LSU, the scholarships there are paid for an unbelievable education. Their school's like 60 grand or something like that a year. It's a prestigious university, which would have been awesome, um, but you get your room and board paid for, which is great, and food. You don't get gas. You don't get a stipend if you want to go get an ice cream at the ice cream store or something. So all of that is coming out of. I did not have a job because I'm full time student and, and athlete. Right. All that's coming out of my poor parents, and they had already helped me for years and years. So that factored in as well. a Big decision for me. Um, so it was easy when you know when he came and I sat up prayed on it and ultimately made a decision of saying, hey, if we don't know, we don't know what we're gonna do. I just I can't say yes. Right. Yes.
0: What was it like trying to pray for that? Um, something that you were so hopeful for. It was
1: tough because like you, you prayed so much and you got everything you wanted, and then, you know, praying to say like, do I keep what I just wanted or do I, you know, have to go the other way? And mm-hmm. um, selfishness of me wanted to be like, I'll just sit here and stay here and play and do this, but then the other aspects make me think of my family, my parents, and like my wife or my girlfriend at the time, and. Um, when he said, I don't know again, like, we don't know where to play, I was just kind of like, all right, that's got to be an answer for it. Right. And then it was crazy because I ended up playing that spring right. and in that fall. So it, you know, it stunk how it worked out. But um, in, in the instance, though, it's still, it's fine with me. Yeah. But I'm yeah, just, with it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so where are you working at right now? So right now I am a I'm a financial
1: advisor uh, with Edward Jones. So gotcha. I'm in my business with them. Yeah.
0: yeah. So what's it kind of like trying to? Is there is there faith active in that? Um, yeah. No.
1: I, I that's what I uh, one of the big reasons I had a business degree and a minor in that aspect. But I was in sales prior, and it's one of the reasons I joined this firm. An individual by the name of um, he's a family friend, Kate Ontario, introduced me to it. Introduced me to it. Um, in this career in this business but Gabriel Nervous um, Gabriel is another financial advisor over James he's a big Catholic he's at Loyola downtown or uh, Garden District does a lot of different Catholic aspects there Um, but he is someone when I first met with him talk about it it was just we talked only exclusively about our faith and other instances Um, but the reason i chose this business because I hated the aspect of selling someone a product just to sell them a product, prior, like, hey, you need this bottle, this Ozark bottle or whatever, it's the best, you know, all that type yeah, of stuff, yeah. and um, you know, you're trying to make money for your family, but I just, at some instances, I was telling people, don't buy this, like, it doesn't fit your business, when mm. people didn't understand that, this, industry, the thing I do now for a living and that I love is everyone is different, Everyone's walk of life is different or their needs are different and you're truly helping them. So you're not just, you don't just sell someone something. I'm able to sit down with an individual, learn who they are, learn about their interests and likes and who their family members are, what they need for retirement or investment aspect and helping them hit that goal. So it makes me feel better now that I get to change someone's life for that instance or protect them with life insurance or whatever it is. Um, So it's been great because I get to pray about Individuals I meet, mean. I get to you know think about them a lot, talk to them on a regular basis, create a relationship with them. Um, and a lot of them being down here in New Orleans aren't Catholic. Um, yeah, right. So it's been awesome.
0: How did that kind of all play out getting that job from you yeah. know, the job that?
1: It, it was it was um, again, uh, Peyton approached me about it because I always talked about how I wanted to own my own business and I was going to go do something uh, different and he explained to me, you know, hey, you come here, you have your own book of business, we pay them a percentage, but you use their name, but it's, you know, it's all yours. Um, and you know, I was talking about my faith, how I get to help people, and that's when he introduced me to Gabe, was like, you really are helping people. Um, so once I'm, it's a really extensive process for them, like once you, you know, they put, I was able to apply or whatever, there's only, there's some crazy stats, like thousands and thousands of applicants a year, only a certain amount get to the interview process, only a certain amount get through the interview process. And they said it's like, the stat is the majority of applications is harder to get in comparable to Harvard or something of that nature. Wow. Um, so I heard that, I was like, geez, But <laughs> yeah. it really was, I mean, it was a four month interview process, you had to do four months of multiple interviews per month. They even have a, an aspect called a day in the life where we Get to, you get to act like a financial advisor in the interview and they have paid actors calling in to see how you would react. Um, but once you pass that, then it would took five months to actually pass, you have to pass four licensing exams before you can legally become a financial advisor. So SIE, um, Series 7, Series 66, and then uh, life insurance. So in that four to five month range, I mean, I pretty much went off the face of the earth. I had to sit home every day <laughs> Um, but I knew the life I wanted to give Camille, and, and we didn't. We just found out we were pregnant right after I started studying. Um, the two of them, how I wanted to be there for them in a loving, caring way, and help people in our community is the biggest thing. Um, so I was up every morning, got up at five thirty, and I mean, I would not stop studying until eleven at night. So like it was for four months straight, every day. Um, but. I passed them. I spent a lot of time reading books here in the Adoration Chapel. I was just sitting there because it was quiet. Um, but it was nice and peaceful. And I was like, God's going to help me remember this. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, it was a strenuous process, but it was a, a very beautiful one. and one that helped me grow even more in the faith because of how hard it was.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you feel... Um Right, like just going through the process, did you feel like that's kind of where he was calling you to be at? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, that was the biggest thing, I, uh, the prayer I was telling you earlier, but I was always praying, that, hey, Lord, let me do your will, because your will is always going to make me happy, so whatever your will is. Right. So it was never like I was researching on, like, what can I do? Like, people called me to go right. in this industry, and it's fit the mold or everything I wanted, and then uh, continuously praying about it, you know, hey, if I'm meant to, to do this, I'll, I'll pass this interview, and pass the interview. i to pass this test. I'll pass the test. Um, I'll start doing well. Stuff like that. So it's it's been really, really well. Like I said, it took s- so long to get the interview process, but to get the interview, because I'm so young, they made a new stipulation. we to be five years out, removed from college. Mm-hmm. Before I Ever Jones. Now, I started to look at individuals to come into the um, firm. And I was only two years removed or three years removed so I didn't meet that criteria so they had to pull some strings for me and I had to go through a bunch of things Well, it was taking so long I ended up um, you know just to get a higher paying job before I wanted to find out what I wanted to do for my life and start a business or whatever I was going to go into medical sales and I mean this company flew me to Dallas and were going to pay me this and that and the other it was going to be a really good thing and me and Camille were like alright I guess I'll do it it'll be a lot more work but it'll be good for us I was about to call the guy, because I Jones and so on, and it was the, the whole I wasn't five years out Right. I was about to call the guy and said, hey, I'm going to accept the job. And I mean, right when I called, maybe five minutes before I had the, my timer on my phone, uh, they had called me, Peyton, my buddy, and was like, hey, we found a way, like, we can get you through the interview process now. So, like, all of these things we worked out in the home office, and they wanted you to be a part of the firm. You just got to say yes, accept the interviews, and then pass these tests. What do you say? So like, here I am, I have this big offer that I thought me and Camille would like, and maybe I could figure out life. And then here is the thing I was praying on. And it was just funny, God's timing out. It was right before I was going to do this other one. I looked at Camille, and she was like, well, we've been praying about it more and more. And I felt like that was God saying, like, no, no, like this is what I'm telling you to right, do. Right, um, So sure enough, I was like, all right. I was like, I'll... You Know not even having the job offered to me, just the interview process. I was like, All right, I'll do it. And uh, I called the other individual and told him what I wanted to do. And uh, he, he th- thought I was crazy. He was like, Are you crazy? He's like, You're <laughs> giving up X amount of dollars and you're gonna go do this for a living. And I was offering this, this, and this. And then I just told him, I was like, I'm sorry, I guess, but if, like God's calling me doing the up on me. <laughs> so I was like, well, oh, I lost a friend there, but uh, right. I gained a a beautiful life that right. I love
0: definitely no, it's very beautiful just to like hear how kind of like like in the midst of like yeah like not knowing and kind of not necessarily doubt right yeah, yeah. just kind of like feeling like oh like yeah. I feel like maybe this is an option and boom like he just opened up the opportunity oh, that yeah. you were praying for and knowing that's where like mm-hmm. I was supposed to be um it's definitely just like helping to like understand his voice within yeah. your life um always his timing right so it's always Um, yeah no very inspiring story Um, I really want to thank you so much for coming today just spending time talking to us and yeah just helping us understand how everything for you went and um, just being an inspiration for others to come and just kind of see how it is life and just being an example of like, right, like Christ is true and is present in our lives and will continue to show us where he wants us yeah. to be. No, sorry to Camille make it, but
1: no, I um, appreciate what you both are doing, um, spreading the word like this and, uh, you know, showing your faith and not doing just a regular old podcast like everybody else. You know, you're trying to do it faith-based form, which is awesome. So thank kudos you, to y'all, man. Thank you.
0: Of course. I um, uh, just want to ask you if you could close in prayer. Yeah, right? yeah, of course.
1: Um, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, dear God, thank you so much again for this beautiful evening, for allowing us to come here together um, as young Catholic individuals, uh, talking about the faith and our aspect. Uh, we ask that uh, the Holy Spirit, you come down upon us and lead us uh, today and all of our days of our lives to truly understand uh, the voice of you, O oh God, and, and what you're calling all of us to do. Um, in this life, and to truly know that your uh, direction is going to make us the happiest in this world, um, we give you all glory and praise in your name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.